Kellen, how you doing? Chicka chow. Doing you're, good. You're doing chicka chow good, huh? Yeah. Damn. I don't have a soundboard. So I have to do it myself. Yeah. Indeed. So you're really doing that good, though, huh? Yeah. All right. I'm doing pretty good. Any particular reason? Anything you could talk about? <laughs> well, uh, really, uh, the girlfriend's moving out here so that's uh nice that's the main reason i'm getting stoked for that get to go on a nice trip and bring her back so, nice that's a, some fun. next level stuff right there buddy yeah there you go indeed well congrats to that um thank you all i got going on really other than the usual is the nuggets beat the lakers tonight for game one of the western conference finals uh yeah and you know uh some listeners know that the nuggets are not my favorite team but uh it's probably the utah jazz and then it'll be the seattle supersonics when they eventually come back but i was looking at a statistics of what team has won the most championships in the nba and i believe the lakers and the celtics are both tied at 17 so i think the nba wants a Lakers Celtics matchup again because that's pretty like classic. Uh-huh. But Nuggets haven't even ever been to the finals. And if you go down the next five, it's like Celtics, Lakers, then there's the Warriors, another California team, and then teams from Texas like the Rockets, Spurs. So I'm just kind of generally a fan of anything in the West that isn't California or Texas in the NBA. There you go. So that's where my loyalty lies, and but I'm also a little sad because the Seattle Kraken got defeated in Game Seven in the NHL playoffs. Wow. And uh, but it's their only their second year existing, so getting to the second round of Game Seven is pretty solid. Hell yeah! And that's how I'm doing. It's it's either that or avoiding DeSantis articles or Trump articles. That's. That's a delicate dance. I There's a lot of them. I stay the bare minimum informed on politics now. Yep. And 
All I will say is it's just insane to me that the news media, like, talks about Trump like nothing happened with that fucking guy. Yeah. Like, the most they'll do is, like, yeah, he's continuing to lie about the election. Hmm. Like, yeah. He's he's an evil fucking gripper con man fascist. Stop showing it. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, like, he lied a bunch today. Don't even, like show any footage of it <laughs> and then right underneath an article like that will be like joe biden is running a second campaign based on his successes in the economy will that matter with voters and it's like <laughs> sure no but at the end of the day that's not going to change anybody's fucking vote anybody who's voting for trump is going to still vote for him and fuck yeah. them and then it's like shit uh they're not going to replace the old piece of shit dude i guess i'll vote for old piece of shit dude Yep. And it's like, so yeah, barring any, like, somebody passing away or, like, the party radically throwing their support behind somebody else, whether that's Democrats or Republicans, then there's no reason for me to pay attention. But, that being said, we're all on the internet, and they try to get you. Indeed. But, with that, I suppose we'll... I was going to talk a little bit about food, but fuck that. We started recording late, so let's just get right into music. Right into the tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, got anything coming up? Anything new released? New gigs? Well, nothing, nothing to be spoken of yet. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Everything's the same. Cool. Gamma Power released. Their first human drummer single, The Homeless King. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is on Bandcamp, and then on the 22nd, it'll pop up on all the other streaming services. So, by the time I post this, yeah, it still won't be out. But, uh, yeah, we're going to hope to release a single once a month as best we can produce them. Uh, With that... Have you, before we get into new recommendations of new music, have you been revisiting any old classics, uh, diving into anything that is older but you had never really tried before? Well, actually, the the album I sent you <laughs> got me going down the, the Ahmad Jamal rabbit hole, so I've been listening to him and, mm-hmm. yeah. He, uh, to elaborate on that from last time, I believe that was last show. Yeah. Uh, Ahmad Jamal Trio is so far the most liked jazz shown to Jacob. Nice. Um, it's, I forget where you put the quote in or whatever, but it was just that he's like really refined and tasteful with every run he does. Yeah. And I really fucking appreciate it. It kind of makes me look at some of that other jazz that is, like, just obnoxious. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? You're good, but uh, maybe you could have been a a mod good. If you (laughs) cared a little more. I don't know. Maybe you care too much. I have no idea. Yeah. But uh, tried out a little bit of The Awakening by the Ahmad Jamal Trio. That's the only other thing I did besides the one album you recommended. 
that I can't remember the title off the top of my head. If yeah. not for me, live at the, but not for me, live at the Pershing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one's really good. Um, Indeed. I've just been doing a little bit of a kind of checking out this playlist. They, It's called the 50 best Britpop albums. How much do you know about Britpop? Oh. Is that like that XTC band? Mm, Thomas I like, Dolby? I feel like XTC might be a little bit before that, but maybe. The but, Arctic Monkeys? Um, no, it's kind of more like in the 90s. Stuff like Blur. Ah. And uh, there's some others, but I'm, like I said, just barely scrap, scraping the surface with it. But I tried out one album by a band called Pulp. And, oh, yeah, Pulp. Yeah. And the album is Different Class. And yeah. they have a huge song off of that. has 180 million listens. And it's Common People. Is that a cover yeah. or is it them who did that? Do you even know that song? Not off the top of my head, but it does. I feel like I've looked this up. I've looked that band up off based off. I think probably that's about a common people. Like common people do. Yeah, It's a really catchy tune. I was listening to it on my walk tonight, and I was like, "All right." And the whole record is pretty tasty. Some songs I like more than others, but. I do kind of like the vibe of Britpop. Uh, I don't know what it is about it. It's just kind of like slightly cheeky, drugged out rock and roll with like kind of weird spacey keyboard and sample choices. So it's kind of like, yeah, smoke a bowl, clean your house, fun stuff. Or like, yeah, out on a walk on a sunny afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> If there's no older stuff that you're diving into or revisiting, you want to get into new releases? Yeah, that sounds good. Alright, what's your first one? Well, I kind of wonder if we have the same one. Is one of your classic listens kind of released a new one? Uh, That's not ringing a bell? Okay. Did you see uh, the Allison Goldfrap? Wait a minute, was that a title? No, that's her name. Say it again. Allison Goldfrap. Uh, Don't you listen to Goldfrap? No, not really. Or am I thinking of someone else? Okay, never mind. Yeah, Goldfrap is... Yeah, do you know who they are? Old. Oh, they're like an old electropop band. Maybe I've come across them, but... I think it's like the main person from that just released an album as like a solo album hmm. it's called the it is Goldfrap. alice Allison Goldfrap. yeah alice and yeah. Goldfrap, and the album is the love invention and it's pretty cool it sounds like a little i mean a little more heavy than Goldfrap, like the heavier like dancey you know okay. but yeah it's pretty pretty fun is it like technoed out dance music or kind of like it's a little more like it's more towards LCD like, sound system. Yeah, crank it back a little bit towards the more Chiba, but not near like what down that far at all. <laughs> okay. 
Probably older Morchiba, too. Morchiba's gotten really chilled out. I mean, they were always chill, but... Yeah. Yeah, there was stuff that was a little more upbeat. But there's, like, cool... I think the instrumentals are a little more involved than your standard... Stuff. Dance record. <laughs> yeah. All right. Some cooler stuff going on. But yeah, that was cool. Hell yeah. Um... I did go down the Lewis Cole and Genevieve, the singer for Nowhere Hole, a little bit. Um, so I guess their records are like a year old, so still kind of new, but trying out Genevieve's solo record Forever Forever and Lewis Cole's Some Unused Songs. Didn't get nice. that deep on them, but yeah, I am very into Nowhere, and I'm excited to kind of delve deeper into those two. Um, just figure that's worth a mention real quick. Actual new releases. This one was maybe a couple months back, but the album is by Drum Corps. Do you remember them or know of them? I I have heard of that. I don't can't like Yeah. It's uh Drum Corps is a metal hardcore inspired solo project of Aaron Spector, an electronic musician and DJ. Well known within the break core scene. First time I'm hearing a break core, but um, huh. he has a record where he like samples and DJs like hardcore music, so like heavy metal and all that stuff. But it's all like put through patches and like sped up and slowed down and glitched out a little. Huh. So I'm assuming that's what break core is. I'm gonna have to investigate that, but. Um, this newer one is a lot more chill, and it's like almost like Nintendo Core, like weird little oh. Nintendo-y noises. Yeah. But yeah, That's it's uh, really chilled out, still really fun bleeps and bloops and glitchity stuff, but this one's called Night Ride, and it's seven Damn. songs, and it's really good for, as you might guess, nighttime riding around, nighttime walk. Really uh, contemplative, make you think, background stuff. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Nice. What's your next one? Let's see. Uh, next random one I just happened to click on. Let's see, the London, uh, what was her album called? London. London Co. And so. Uh, I'm going to totally butcher this. Fatumata Diawara. <laughs> She's Malian. And oh, she lives, Fatumata Matuwaran. Sure. Yeah. No, I don't know, yeah. I don't know who that is. <laughs> she lives in uh, um, France now, but yeah, she's from Mali. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the album's in Malian. Yeah, very uh-huh. interesting language. Uh, and it's cool, just like kind of different, you know, kind of poppy, kind of. I don't know. It's different. Indie rock, pop, or they call her folk Molly blues, but it's it's definitely got a lot of electronic stuff going on. It's pretty more modern folk record for sure. But yeah, how it's cool. comparable is it to something like Dengue Fever, where they had the kind of the indie rock? 
tune, almost poppy rock tunes, but it had the Cambodian singer. Ah, I, I have a I can't think about it off the top of my head, but yeah, I don't know. Probably pretty close. It's cool. So I guess in general, more guitar, bass, and drums driven, or more electronic. Well, I didn't like get all the way through, but it seemed pretty. You know, there's definitely guitar. There's like some cool like sax and stuff. Okay. But there's a lot of effects on the vocals and stuff. That's the more the like like it definitely. It's like kind of a little psyche, maybe. So yeah. yeah. No, I've noticed that with like the bands that have the foreign singers, especially if it's more like an Asian language or anything like that. It is this like kind of weird psych pop this and then of course there's yeah. just like more airy electronic spaced out versions of that but there is this like weird like subgenre of psych rock that's like let's go get a lady from asia and have her sing on it and we'll use kind of uh musical modes and progressions from that region and we'll just kind of do this indie like the whatever that little organ sound on the keyboard yeah. <laughs> like almost sounds like Kill Bill soundtrack stuff. But that's what where my curious curiosity yep. is with that. Um I think man, mentioned it a few episodes back that it was pretty similar with that, like the Ash or something like that. I can't remember the title of it. Um I checked out the new Devil Driver album. Oh, nice. Eh. They're getting yeah. really worn out. And I I was trying <laughs> to place it. Um, I like groove metal. It's one of my f- more favorite subgenres of metal. First two mm-hmm. Devil Driver records are really good to me. And the second one definitely evolved like beyond the first album a lot. And then third album came out and it was kind of like still pretty good but i had also seen them live and the live show kind of got me off of riding their dick a little bit because i was just like oh that's not really a great performance maybe it was a one-off night but uh so i kind of ignored them for like the last four albums or something like that i think this is Something like their seventh. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm not going to look it up. But even in the title, it's like Dealing with Demons Volume 2. It's like, what the fuck was Dealing with Demons Volume 1? <laughs> it's just like, kind of just seems worn out. and Which is weird, because as you listen to the album, there's actually kind of a lot of interesting like approaches to the mix and interesting ideas on the guitar. Um, Dez sounds as good as he ever has screaming his stuff, but it's just losing, it just doesn't have a certain amount of, I don't know, like, it it almost sounds like they don't give a shit, like they're going through the motions of like, okay, we're doing a groove metal album, have like a cool little double kick here, scream this, and then we gotta go to that kinda cleaner, delayed guitar part, maybe a church bell <laughs> like you just feel like they're going through the it, motions he doesn't have any anger anymore you have to be like you know 
once you hit 30, just don't get it's not worth the energy to get mad at shit. So it's probably just isn't screaming the same. Maybe it's just like a lack of creativity and like playing a character more. Um, yeah, because this type of metal tends to be like, well, the title track. Sorry, not the title track, but the first track is "I Have No Pity," and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, you, you sure? And then it's like huh. you could get into a song like that, and he's like playing like a weird witch demon cre- creature that has no pity, and then you're like. Oh, okay. It's like a character. But I think why I mentioned that is there was recently a show in Vegas, Sick New World, which is basically all the new metal bands and stuff I listened to when I was a teenager in that era. And just they all came to Vegas and played sets. So they're all fucking old as shit. And he came out with Cold Chamber. And... I was like, this is way less complicated, but I like it so much more than Devil Driver. Because it has, like, character and, like, creativity to it. And it's, like, he does, he'll bounce around with the tone more. He'll sing and then scream and then do the cookie monster. Like, go, go. Like, it's more fun. (laughs) So it's like, I think that's the key, is you get older and heavy styles of music. It's like, you gotta, gotta have, like, not take yourself too seriously, a little more fun. Yeah, definitely putting on a character, like like a fucking Rob Zombie. He can come out in his 60s and just be like, meow, there's a guy down there. Like, just like, uh, you'd be like, hell yeah, I'm down. Bring it. But, uh, yeah. That's, it was too bad, because I, like, I listened to it on my walk, and I was remembering how much I loved the first two records. And how much I do love Dez as a singer. But like halfway through the record, I just found myself thinking about my own band. Like just business stuff. Like, oh, did we talk to that one venue? Did we go? Oh, no, wait. Ah, this, this is the song. It's still going. Pay attention to the song. But yeah, didn't keep me locked in. Yep. Damn. Man. Well, got another record? I got got a couple more okay next one is uh mary sue which is spelled really weird it's mary with an extra e and sue like sue falls but without the x oh is that the singer from Susie and the banshees i don't know anyway keep talking i'll look that up but uh yeah she's also like a psych folk very so cool uh cool guitar i like her guitar picking some pretty interesting little things and uh yeah some tasty instrumentals behind her she's pretty heavy heavy lyrical content like this one song this these people interviewed her it's a song she wrote after doing an ayahuasca ceremony and the lyrics were after the george floyd protests so it's pretty yeah pretty heavy psych folk but it is mm. cool is that is her first name spelled m-a-r-i-e-e yeah okay that's definitely not the Susie and the banshees um interesting yeah her most popular track right now is wizard flurry home 
Yeah, this one just came out, so it's I think it's a little pretty far down on her list, but she's been a fixture in the neo folk scene since her 2007 debut. There you go. Ah. Okay. Uh, old. She's old. Old news to the the psych folk people, I guess. But she that has is, a new album. That is interesting. Like the new grass and neo folk. There's even like I saw a playlist for new funk, like nu funk. Oh yeah. Isn't like, that like really old though? I don't even know. It's just is that like what, is that what a De, not Depeche Mode Daft Punk is? Mm. <sighs> <laughs> no, they're, dan- they're like an electronic dance record group. I don't think they've ever got into funk circles as much. Yeah, this new funk, I think it is pretty modern stuff, like Tank and the Bangas, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of funny. Every genre has that now, and it's just like, can we just say that it's like modern funk or modern folk, like? At like what point does it totally become its own genre? Because it's like new grass and then traditional bluegrass. I I see the differences there and why you want to kind of be distinctive about it. Yeah. But yeah, like new funk. I'm like, yeah, it's just new funk music, and that's spelled N E W, not N U. Yeah. <laughs> and then like uh. yeah, it's new folk. Like because I don't I don't know the the half dues of folk music. But maybe somebody has a strong opinion about that. You gotta tell people you're gonna be psychedelic. You can't just go to a folk concert and hear psych without being ready. Yeah. (laughs) That is actually kind of funny, too, is it's like psych grass, psych rock, psych pop. And it's just like, it's 2023. Basically, a lot of us have done a lot more drugs. That's all it is. It's still folk music. It's just there's more drugs out there these days. You're like the producer was like, "You want reverb?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, shit, yeah, <laughs> Fuck, <yes. laughs> yeah, fuck it up with reverb." Can you hear like a delay that like shifts pitch? Like, I want you to like hear the first word when I sing the last word. Still, yeah, uh. <laughs> but I mean, I guess maybe that's it. Like, cause like a lot of psychedelic rock. In the 60s, you go back and listen to it, you're like, oh, there's a lot of weird, kooky ideas on this. But yeah. then, yeah, it kind of follows the drugs. Like, all the kooky, weird ideas in the 70s was a little more cocaine-fueled. And then 90s, heroin. 80s, coke. And then, yeah, I think, like, coke and heroin are not as popular anymore. 2010s is, I don't know, is maybe, like, pot again? Pot and just drinking oh and oh what am i thinking it's mdma and then this decade i think there's been a bit of a psychedelics revival like people doing mushrooms and acid and stuff so maybe that's all it is yeah same genre different drugs yeah um well (laughs) a bit of a tangent but yeah it's true yeah i got another one on the same line uh, do you know uh, Neil Gaiman? Yeah. Um, author? Yeah. Have you heard of this album? <laughs> he did an album. Oh, I didn't know he did music. This is I think this is his first foray. So it's Neil Gaiman and the Foreplay String Quartet, which that name is taken by a, by an awesome jazz group, I will say, but fine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's, the album's called Signs of Life, and it is just like him reading some of his poetry. Apparently he sings on one of them, kind of. But it's mostly just him doing his poetry over some music that was written to back up his poetry. Hmm. So Did do you, you like Neil Gaiman? Yeah. The little bit I listened to sounded interesting. I yeah. do really like his book. Like I've only read one of them, and it's, and it's good. But I like reading poetry, and it's real specific. I, I find singular poems. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any poet that I like. I could just go through a whole book of their stuff. I well, back when I was a huge System of a Down fan, I still big fan of them, but my relationship with them has changed. Yeah. Um. I bought uh, Serge's poetry book, and that was fun because it had oh, a lot that's... of really cool artwork in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always preferred reading it more. Whenever I hear people speak poetry, I get the douche chills pretty easily. That I think he does it really well. Okay. I, and it's and just to be clear, he is not a poet. Like his books are novels, mm-hmm. and so yeah, he did I this the sand be... sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like it might not be meant to be poems. He's just reading. Maybe he just thinks of it as reading a short story or something. Hmm. Whatever. So okay. Oh, yeah, Sorry if you're a, listening, Neil. He did the uh, graphic novel. Um. Yeah, Sandman. A couple nice. others. I always thought it was you? Neil Gaiman, but. I don't know. Maybe it is gaming. Hmm. That's what I've heard. It's uh, his the book I read is uh, the Ocean at the End of the Lane. It's very good. Hmm. I hope we're not mixing up guys, but I'm pretty sure that's the same dude. Um. Hmm. Let's see what else. Hmm. I listened to this new cover album by. Head PE, another rap rock group from back in the 90s. They're nice. another band where I thought first two records were really good, third they start to fall off a bit, and then they just they saw the tides of time coming, and they're like, oh, new metal and rap metal's going away. There's only so much we can do. And it became one of those bands where the singer fires members constantly, so it doesn't even, just feels like his project. Mm-hmm. And they released an album in like 2001 or two that was like, they totally switched over to punk. They would say that they were a little like mixing it up, like new metal and punk and, and rap. But it was like, no, you're doing this weird, annoying punk thing now and not doing it well. Like there's punk I from that era I love, like uh, Pennywise and whatnot, but... I was like, yo, ugh. It was like, go back to what you were doing. But I hadn't listened to them for a while. So they released this 70s hits from the pit. And they just cover 70s hits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. And it's pretty bad. And I will say that they're good musicians. They're doing interesting musical stuff on it. Uh-huh. But... You know when you come across some of these rock bands where they... It's like they watched 
hundreds of hours of YouTube tutorials on how to do production at home, which is fine. <laughs> but it yeah. has that like made through iTunes rock band sound to it. Yeah. And it's like very like recorded in a tin can kind of thing. And so it's not a criticism of people that do that at home. It's just that people get so locked into tutorial recommendations that might not even be totally accurate from YouTube. And then do all this stuff to like just put all this weird production sheen over it that it has like no emotion. Yeah. Like the guitar strums, they do a lot of like pseudo reggae stuff on it. Like Regify... Mm -hmm. Uh, Margaritaville and a horse with no name and but every time they do the reggae guitar thing it's like is that an electric guitar is that a keyboard patch like it just doesn't sound good I know it's a guitar but yeah it's like it's kind of too bad because I'm like you know as well as I do that I'm like I'm I love genre mixing and like doing a heavy reggae song or you know flipping a hit song on its head and doing like trance with it or like whatever. So throughout this album, it is this blend of like heavy rock mixed with reggae mixed with, yeah, these like seventies pop song structures. And there's little like bass fills and drum fills and they're doing cool shit, but where they choose to do it is so obvious. There's like no like loose, like I've lived with these songs energy to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's just like very like borderline corny covers of a lot of really great songs, but it's like, it's, it's almost fun. Like, I'm like, ah, that's okay. Horse, no name. Or like, Oh, American pie. Oh, the Joker. And then huh. I was pissed. Because they did, I'm gonna do it anyways. But they did 50 ways to leave my leave your lover, and Josiah, the drummer in Gamma Pa right now, like just busted out that drum pattern the other day with a beat. Yeah, and I was like, oh fuck, that's a good song. And we like kind of half-assed our way through through it, just like not knowing it off the top of my head. Yeah, it's like ah, that'd be a fun song to do, all kind of heavy and chunked out. And then I this comes up on my Spotify. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> but I think we could do a better job. So there you go. give it to them. Yeah, but there are some things that they did in their version where I'm like, oh, I could see myself taking that route with the bass on it. So I gotta not do that. Gotta do a different approach. So it's probably good for that reason. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, I think that is all. Oh, oh. You have to listen to this album before we talk about it. Did you listen to that Velt album I sent you? Don't believe I had a chance. Entropy is the main line to God. Was that the one on... Okay, yeah, I did see it, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Okay, you have to listen to it before we talk about it, because it's another odd album. This is like almost the flip of the Devil Driver and Head P.E. records. Oh yeah, is that it's really interesting, and I don't. It's like the weirdest band I've heard in a minute. Where I'm like, 
That really sounds like itself. Like, I can't think of other bands that sound like this. And I think huh. they've been around since, like, at least the 90s. Uh, let's get their bio real quick. So they had a they had an album that came out in 94 called Aphrodisiac. And that has a little more of a familiar sound to it. It's like, okay, 90s alternative rock or whatever. But some dude on my Facebook said that this is my new favorite band. And it was within a post of being thankful that he got to go see the Smashing Pumpkins and The Cure. Two bands I like. Oh. So I was like, oh, so what's this band that's tops those two that he loves so much? <laughs> so I just went and found what I think is their newest record. I'm going to double check that. I guess they got a new single called The Everlasting Gobstopper. But yeah, huh. the last album was 2022. This one we're talking about. And some of it's like so interesting and cool sounding and create, and it gets really creative with the mix. It's the opposite of the head PE issue. But at right. times they get so loose and free with it that they'll mix the voice in a certain part of a song, and you're like, "What are you doing?" Like that is doesn't that sounds ow like, and it's like weird. Did they like do this themselves or like? Were they really specific in the studio? Like, these are such weird mixing choices. But huh. uh, they are a soul-powered shoegaze band that was dream pop at its core, yet just as able to dish out driving riffs and battering drums. The Velt were misunderstood from the beginning, led by identical twins who were proud to cite the likes of Echo and the Bunnymen and Public Enemy among their inspirations. Wow. That's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> Public Enemy and Echo and the Bunnymen. If you know those two groups, it's like, huh, yeah, I, I kind of get that blend. Words. Um, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so you have to listen to it before we like break it down, but I right. I sent it to Shockey, too. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, And... It's the most intrigued I've been by something and still sort of been not 100% won over. Like, I like them purely because it's different. But I don't know how much I'm going to come back to it, like, if I really like it that much. But I respect it. Gotcha. Well, I got one that you should check out and we can do the same thing next time because it's kind of the same way. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't get a, like a good chance to really get into it. I just listened to a few tracks, but it caught my eye because mm -hmm. it's called the Bonk. Have you heard of the Bonk? The Bonk. The um, album is greater than or equal to the Bonk. <laughs> I have not, so I'll give it a listen. Yeah, they have. Let's see, combining elements of rock, garage, pop, and jazz. And it's, I just, yeah, just a little bit I jumped around. I was like, this is interesting. I want to, I want to look into this a little more. Okay. One part, like the organ you were talking about earlier, I'm yeah. pretty sure that made an appearance on one part. It's like, ooh, Napoleon Dynamite organ. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're based in Dublin, Ireland, says. Yeah, they're an interesting, like, apparently they are pretty reclusive randomly will play a set randomly release an album yeah so 
Well, and that's what's interesting about some of these bands, like that Black Midi band I told you about. Mm-hmm. I don't go back to them very often. Like, I have to be in a real particular mood for them. But, like, yeah. I do, like, really respect them and, like, wow, that's I haven't heard anything quite like that. And that's what's interesting with certain bands like these. It's like, yeah, that's really awesome. And I get, like, kind of obsessed for an evening and then for maybe for a week I'm checking stuff out. But then it fades away. Yeah. That's definitely kind of what I'm wondering with the Velt. I'm like, are you going to have staying power and be something I'm really into? Like, so one band that I know I would be way more into, but no easy access to their music, is uh, the Cardiacs. I don't know if we ever talked about them on the podcast. I know we've talked about them. But, uh, like, really bouncy all over the place, weird British rock music that's, like, kind of Frank Zappa-y. But... Yeah, Uh it's just like you have to go pull up the full albums on YouTube. You can't do it on Spotify. It's just like, damn it. Um, Charming Hostess, remember that band I told you about? Yeah. Same deal, man. Like, has quite a few records, but I can't indulge them as easily. So then I kind of forget. And I'm just like, god damn it. Yeah, definitely. Thing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, anything you want to mention before we get out of here? I gotta make a movie time with Dan. Oh, that's that's all the tunes I got. Alrighty. Well, um, when do you move the lady up to Utah? I'm going out this Saturday and gonna be out there for two weeks. Mm. Okay, maybe sneak in one more recording before you head out if possible. Yeah, and then I can stretch it out, stretch it out a little, but uh, sounds good. Yeah, um, you have a good one. I'll listen to the bonk. You gotta listen to the belt. All right, bonk belt song. Bonk belt. Bye. Welcome back, Dan. How are you doing this week? I'm doing great. How about you? I've been eating a little healthier, going on these long walks, got a lot of good band stuff going on. Um, As I talked with Kellen about in the music segment, I'm just kind of trying to avoid Trump and DeSantis articles, where they talk about them like they are normal candidates. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, oh my god, like just... I realize that reading that doesn't do any good for me, and me being extra informed on that shit doesn't help anything. So, yep, <laughs> I'm doing what I need to when I need to do it. I'm definitely voting and all that, but I don't need to be up on that shit. That's kind of what I've decided. <laughs> you don't need to hear the the dumb shit that one of them said. It, you know, no, in every week, you know. Because be up to date on yeah. how terrible they actually are. <laughs> that's what I mean. Well, and it's like the speculation that's in the media. I, I did talk about this with Kellen a little bit, so I'll be brief. But the it's just they're trying to stir shit, but like being completely dis, disingenuous about the stakes. So for yeah. Trump, they'll be like, "Oh, he's going to have a town hall meeting on CNN. I wonder how it's going to go for his 
uh, candidacy. You're like, he's a fucking piece of shit fascist that tried to overthrow the government. What the fuck are you talking about? It's going to be insane. And it was. But then yep. it'll go to Biden. It'll be like, should Biden be running on the economy? He might lose if he takes that angle. And it's just like, I'm voting for a fart in a shoebox over Trump. <laughs> so, like, there's nothing Biden can do. Like, if he, some real fucked up shit he did came out, then I'd be, I don't know. Like, at that point, you're voting for the Trump, who wants to be fascist and take shit over. We know this. It's yeah. a fact. So, are you then voting for the administration of Biden and hope he gets impeached like but none of, none of that's gonna come out like yeah but but i'm just thinking of like what's the circumstance where i would either a not vote against trump or like just not vote like it's like i have to vote to keep trump out i wish the choices yep. were better on the democratic ticket but fucking yeah like they can run hillary and i'd vote hillary at this point I, I abstained back in 2016, thinking I wasn't needed. I was up in Seattle, but... Mm. Anyway, enough of that. I, as I'm trying to like not be thinking about it, I clearly like have been bombarded with it. And I'm like, oh god, it's ramping up. It's going to be an election year soon. Fuck. But, anyway, movies. We're going to be doing yeah, our diary. Silly movies. Yeah, silly fucking movies. <laughs> uh we're just doing our diary and going through reviewing what isn't the stephen king list we're still working on that we're almost done with the 90s and we'll catch y'all up on our rankings um yeah we're just gonna do the 90s ranking and then at the very end of it all we're gonna do our top 10 once we've watched all of it and maybe even do a couple fun ones like best main accent. Yeah. Um, best like what's what's the term? The best Stephen King uh, house player. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Kathy Bates is probably think, number one, but you never know. I think we should get into our bottom three as well, but we can get to that, you know, when we're all finished. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That that could be part of the same episode. Maybe bottom five and then top ten. But uh, anyway, we got pretty caught up with our diary, so this one might not go as long as other ones, but that's okay. We're going to start with our first movie that we watched that we haven't reviewed yet, which is called Creating Remlazar. Every child has a Remlazar. Zach and Ashley discover the meaning of true friendship when they create an imaginary friend, the superhero Remlazar and i gave it one and a half stars out of five but i i loved wow. it i like it a lot <laughs> what what are your thoughts on creating rem lazar uh it was a lot more musical than i thought it was gonna be going in yeah <laughs> and a lot less christian than i thought it was gonna be going in uh-huh yeah um that was definitely a main aspect of it i highly recommend going and watching the best of the worst episode on red letter media where they watched rem lazar it's very funny 
and there's like some inside jokey stuff they were already doing with the other movies they watched on that episode and the way it like bled into Rem Lazar makes it extra funny like can't recreate it for you here so I suggest watching that but one thing they brought up that we also felt pretty strongly is like oh fuck when is this gonna go all crazy Christian and like it never does it felt very much like Christian media. Like yeah. the the whole vibe of the thing was very much. So when we when are we going to talk about Jesus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's shots like where he's like with the kids in the water. Like, is he going to baptize them or yeah. they're looking <laughs> for this symbol? It's like, is it going to be a cross? No, it's the eternity symbol. And mm. the one fucked up weird spot is they have to get to the twin towers to find the in i forget what they called it but it was like the quizak hatteract or something like that <laughs> and yeah definite definite dune references and oh yeah yeah they're a giant weird floating head like uh baron i uh, forget his name harkonnen harkonnen yeah, yeah. um yeah, they, I will say for how musical it is, it's hilarious. It feels very like, are they serious right now? Like, yeah. it's like his voice is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and there's a lot of like genre jumping. They like do a rap and then they did um, Barbershop Quartet. Yeah. Um... They're uh, even almost like an island jam, and uh, yeah, that that was kind of the funny part too. Is when they go to uh, Central Park and they just start singing with randos. Yeah, and it's just like I just picture them. They're like just interacting with mentally ill homeless people <laughs> in Central Park, just like come on, we could sing too. And then they're like, yeah, okay. And they're just immediately on board. Um, No actors to speak of. Um, I mean, it's also gets like, if it's not going to go Christian, it does. Remazar gets creepy. Like, why is he in this kid's bedroom singing to him? Yeah. And it never goes there. Yeah. Most kids like content has a little bit of that like creepiness i guess i don't know it's just like yeah everything's very strange very fever dreamy well they're like sitting with him looking up at him he's got his arms around him but he's keeping his hands away yeah they're like kind of hovering like not on their arms or shoulders just kind of hovering around them and it's like okay they they never cross in that line into like this is really yeah. too creepy. Well, who the fuck made this movie? Uh, speaking of which, it's directed by Scott Zacharin. Um, let's see directed what else he written. made. Soup of the day. Jekyll, girls team. Nine models and one coach, and Stanley's mutant monsters and marvels. Charlie Cobb's Flash Bash. <laughs> Weird. 
Yeah, not the filmography I would have expected from the creator of Rem Lazar. No. Uh, it's a it's a fun watch. It's very quick, so it is a fun one to like have a couple brews with your buddies and just giggle at how stupid it is. Yeah, forty eight minutes made for TV. I guess movie doesn't really count as feature length, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all I got left on Rim Lazar. It's it's funny, and yeah. flies by. But uh, because it flew by, we ended up watching another movie that night as well. I knocked out one of we so we got I kind of rip off Red Letter Media. They call it best of the worst. I call it so bad it's good. We got an ongoing list, some from Red Letter Media, some from other sources. And uh, one that I've always wanted to get to, because I'm a big sucker for monkeys and movies and chimps and other primates. And this one is Most Valuable Player, or MVP, Most Valuable Primate. Yep. And this came out in 2000. Jack skates a little faster, shoots a little harder, and is driving everyone bananas. Jack is a three-year-old chimpanzee who has been the subject of a long-term experiment by Dr. Kendall, a researcher who's been teaching Jack to communicate through sign language. Jack scrambles onto the ice in the midst of practice for Stevens' junior league hockey team, and he and his teammates discover the monkey has a natural talent for the game. Um... One thing I want to point out in that plot description, it says he's three, year, three years old. At what age is it kind of known that chimps like flip the fuck out and start ripping off testicles? And <laughs> You know, I'm not a zoologist, don't know that, but I'm thinking it's pretty close to I... that hmm. point. <laughs> well, it's like kind of their, it's whenever they're like reaching puberty kind of for them. Mm. And I don't know if that's how quick that is for him. But I remember I'd heard that somewhere. I might have to look that up. Uh, I gave it one star out of five. And I really yeah. liked it. And it was funny and very stupid. It was and it, everything that you would expect out of a chimp hockey movie. I'm going to look this up. Why don't you kind of elaborate on your thoughts on it and your ranking? Oh. Uh, I, I the most interesting thing I thought about it was the director. If you look at his directing credits, it's uh, Robert Vince. Mm. Every single one of his directing credits are some sort of animal slash sports movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, some are like Animal Christmas, I guess, but like ninety percent are animal sports, and it's either dogs or chimps and he built an entire career on (laughs) just dumb animal movies it's pretty pretty amazing i couldn't find that age thing but uh with this director i wonder does he have like a certain skill set that makes him able to like i don't know handle the animals better than other directors might or he just likes this subject matter yeah it's like keep it rolling it's like adam sandler with like shitty comedies yeah just like this is also this is his first directing credit too so from 2000 to 
2022, he's made 25 different animal movies. <laughs> yeah, wow. See, at least with like Adam Sandler, he does a bunch of shitty comedies, but then he like maybe makes a kind of good one or plays a serious role. Yeah. Like, and then he just comes back to the cash cow. This guy is like, I wonder how well he does with these, just sticking with this formula. I mean, I I gotta respect it. He's got steady work, and he keeps churning out movies. Like, yeah, I'm sure they're not the greatest, but like he's got a lane. He's sticking in it, and he seems to be doing all right. <laughs> his his uh, picture on Letterbox is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Robert Vince. Um. Even at the beginning of MVP, they have, like, the Airbud Productions or something like that. Yeah. So it's, like, the success... Did he do Airbud or he, like... No, no. This is his first directing credit. So, so Airbud was a that. success, and they're like, okay, we're going to start this production company, and this is our guy. He's See, he directed Airbud 7th Inning Fetch and Air Buddies yeah. and, you know, stuff in that lane for sure and under that same i guess franchise i i don't know how that all works oh man yeah there's some in the in here we need to watch (laughs) there's space buddies a bunch of dogs in space uh spy mate (laughs) um mxp most extreme primate uh monkey up looks awesome (laughs) <laughs> and russell madness a little tiny monkey and uh jack russell terrier <laughs> oh man we might have to do this list after we're done with stephen king you know <laughs> you might have to do that one yourself All i mean right. i can handle one every now and again but i'm not doing <laughs> a straight list of 25 no, hit one every shitty day. animal movies <laughs> Yeah, we should probably do our John Carpenter list or finish our Brendan Fraser list <laughs> before we get to that. Yeah. That's how we'll, we're like, I think we're done with the podcast. We're doing the the Robert Vince list now. We're doing the, the Air Bud lane of... <laughs> yeah. I think I've watched all movies. Like, we're, we're done. I'm just going to go outside now. Um, There was one dude in the cast who popped up in another movie it's the coach in this and then he showed up what were we watching we're oh oh yeah we'll get to it i remember what it is now yeah um then the next day we watched almost heroes uh almost history almost legends mostly ridiculous Two hapless explorers lead an ill-fated 1804 expedition through the Pacific Northwest in a hopeless, doomed effort to reach the Pacific Ocean before Lewis and Clark. Uh, This is just a star vehicle buddy combo comedy with Chris Farley and Matthew Perry, and that's the whole point of the movie. Here's his premise, and let's put these two together, and it should be great. And... I gave it two stars out of five, and I didn't like it. It was very, it seemed like, I don't know, like they were just churning out a movie with stuff that had worked in the past. It was, it seemed 
pretty safe for a comedy that yeah. people might buy a ticket to and then immediately forget. <laughs> yeah. Well, and unfortunately, I'm looking up this little bit of information that was interesting. Um, at the time, that's what they started to do to Chris Farley because they Tommy Boy comes out. It's a big hit. I think yeah. it still holds up. It's a great comedy. Um, but then after yeah, that, I love Chris Farley. Oh no, Don't yeah, get me wrong. He's he's great. But what they started doing with him is churning out all these other Chris Farley comedies, and they just think of these crazy premises, and then yeah. they didn't really give him the range to do other stuff. They're like, what was the stuff that everybody laughed their asses off that Chris did in the last movie? It's like, yeah. well, all right, let's have him fall down a hill. Let's ha have yeah. him like flying off on something or attached to something. Like, I think mm -hmm. those bits are in black sheep. They're in Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah. Uh, have them attacked by a wild animal. Yeah. They did a bird in this one, and in Black like, Sheep, they have, oh like, a god, bat my eyes! Bat. Like just freaking it's out. It's just this. It's the same skit, just redone. Yeah. Now, he did have a small role in the movie Dirty Work, and I think that that was like darker. He's like an abusive like boyfriend drunk to this Saigon whore <laughs> that has bitten his nose off. And there's actually like a weird darkness to his like portrayal of this character in that movie. Like there's a little more to it than just Chris Farley. And I'll always be sad about that. Cause as most people know, I'd be amazed if you didn't, that Chris Farley passed away and I always kind of wanted to see him like take on a serious role or maybe like a villain yeah. role. Cause I think he actually has some pretty good acting chops when oh, given yeah. a chance. I think that he was just so, you know, put in a, a lane that mm. he had a hard time getting work out of, I guess, or maybe he didn't want it. I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm making assumptions, but I think he was pretty what... into the drugs. So maybe yeah, that seeing was what he would focus. have become as an actor would have been very, very interesting. Yeah, man. But yeah, he did a speedball, passed away. Uh, for Almost Heroes, filming was completed in the fall of 1996 with a 1997 release target. However, the film was delayed a full year due to the pending merger between Turner and Time Warner. Then Chris Farley passed away on December 18th, 1997 of a drug overdose. By the time the film was released in May 1998, Chris Farley had been dead nearly six months. So, yeah, just tragic. I remember when this came out and he had passed away and I didn't want to watch it because I was like, that's sad. I don't want to see him like yeah. all coked out. And he's definitely like his voice is like harsh and worn out. You can tell he's not yeah. as healthy. You can tell he's not. Not doing great. Yeah. I mean, he's still his normal kind of Chris Farley character. He still does pretty decently. I, I wouldn't say it's completely obvious. Yeah. I may have not noticed unless, you know, you know, what happened happened. But yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll say that he gets he there's not much moisture in this like cloth. He's trying to wring out some like juice from. Yeah. But uh, he, he does what he can with what they give him. 
Everybody else sucks in this. I like Matthew (laughs) Perry and other things, and he's just, he's pretty fucking bad in this. Yeah. Like, doing this weird English, like, Chandler. (laughs) It's like, it's so bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Uh, yeah. It's not well made. I don't think the music sucks. Yeah. I mean, Mm. there's there's not a whole lot nice to say about it. No, no. Oh, well. This is interesting. We should do this maybe a bit more often. I guess it just depends on if it's worthwhile. But the budget is thirty million on this, and the box office was six point one million. So oh. that was a pretty big bomb. Luckily, was a big bomb. Chris didn't have to stick around to see that movie bomb. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's all I got to say on that one, and that leads us back to gremlins 2 the new batch here they grow again (laughs) young sweethearts billy and kate move to the big apple land jobs in a high-tech office park and soon reunite with the friendly and lovable gizmo but a series of accidents creates a whole new generation of gremlins the situation worsens when the devilish green creatures invade a top secret laboratory and develop genetically altered powers, making them even harder to destroy. I gave it five out of five stars, and I liked it. I loved it. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know if I'd go that high, but, you know, uh, it's maybe four, four mm-hmm. out of five, but it's very self-aware. Um, like, they know what they're doing. It's, it's a silly gremlins 2 movie they even like make references to the first movie in like a comedic kind of hey you remember when we did the first one and it was a little more serious kind Mm -hmm. of way like it was it's just ridiculous puppet fun (laughs) that is why i gave it five out of five stars is not only is it self-aware but it's totally like joe dante snubbing his nose at the studio that obviously yeah. wanted a sequel and he's just like oh i'm gonna do this totally batshit insane sequel that mm-hmm. like takes the piss and um i mean it's he basic i mean it opens with looney tunes to like signal like yeah this is all just gonna be a one big crazy wild cartoon and i yeah. mean how is it more cartoonish than to like have those cartoons open it there's a moment where they go to the theater and hulk hogan's there and they turns and talks to the camera um (laughs) there's all kinds of other little weird references and like uh there's an awesome key and pill sketch about gremlins too i highly recommend looking that up um but they yeah they just threw everything at the wall like they just said fuck it we're gonna make a batshit insane movie and that's why i love it so much it's oh christopher lee in it is awesome he might be my favorite character but i mean yeah there's all kinds of great characters in it and like this it's really subversive it's like a weird little punk rock kind of sequel that's yeah just a big fat cartoon um a lot of yeah, fun little camera tricks and effects. Yeah. Electricity gremlin. Uh, <laughs> the Hua gremlin. <laughs> like, 
It's at the time like I we watched it with our buddy Shocky, and he's like, "Oh, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, that's weird. That's not what I wanted. Like, and it was a disappointment. And it, I think it was a disappointment for me too, because for how much of it being a cartoon, it is very much like a subversive for adults kind of thing almost. Yeah, like it's all very wink and nod, like." oh, you know what we're supposed to do in a movie? Like, they subvert that. And just weird, subtle, inside-y jokes. And I don't know. It's it's incredible to me. I I can't think of much I don't like about it. I mean, it is a little bit of a comment on Hollywood, too. Like, there's the whole Rambo thing and all these different like rooms for this like TV channel where it's like the relaxation show and the blah, 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 blah show. And <laughs> they had just like a show with like a, a, uh, like an older lady just getting hammered and cooking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, what was that? <laughs> oh man. You know what? This would be a great double feature with is uh, UHF. Yeah. It's very, there are similar notes for sure. Like, they they are very similar. Yeah. Um, anyway, I highly recommend it. Um, there's one scene in it that scared the shit, of, shit out of me when I was a kid. And it's like, it's funny that that scared me so bad. But, like, a, one gremlin puts a mousetrap in a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and this lady, like, goes to grab it and take a bite without looking at it. And she's like, ah! Screaming over the phone, and yeah, when I was little, that scared the piss out of me. Yeah. It's like, how, why would convey? <laughs> yeah. If we didn't convey how much of a cartoon this is, yes, there's a mousetrap in a sandwich. Yeah, and it <laughs> totally gets a lady. But I was like, who would ruin a sandwich like that? These monsters. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, but yeah, oh, the coach from Most Valuable Primate showed up in this. Yeah. Oh. There's all kinds of motherfuckers showing up in it. They're faces you know, but they're they are like character actors that you never really remember the name of. Yeah. Oh, I remember the other detail. So Tuco and Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. So yeah. It was, yeah. It's incredible. Very small cameo, not cameo because they weren't known at the time. Yeah. Background work basically, one or two lines tops. And yeah, Hank Schrader and Tuco are uh, both in this movie as and just it, like and little I called out as like I think that's Tuco character. and we were like no. Cuz he looks is like <laughs> looks all scrawny as fucking this and then he got Yeah, beefy. I mean it was 1990. I mean the good 20 30 years ago. He beefed up. But yeah, um, Phoebe Cates rules. I wish she did more stuff. Um, that's really all I got. Joe Dante rules yeah. the director. He yeah. did Gremlins, Gremlins Two, The Burbs, uh, Twilight Zone, the movie, Inner Space. A uh, couple. I want to see some more of his stuff. Some of it, maybe not so much, but I'm intrigued by some of this. There's the movie yeah. Orgy, The Second Civil War, <laughs> 2. <laughs> it's like, what? And then some, oh, Explorers, interesting. The Hole, 
I'm in. <laughs> oh, shit. There's this movie, 1993, Matinee, and it has John Goodman. Ooh, we might have to hit some more Joe Dante. That list yeah. might be... Oh, he did Small Soldiers. Classic yeah, from when I was yeah. little. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to watch more of him. I think we might get through that list a little easier than the Air Bud list, but, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's all the movies on the diary. We were going to do one yeah. other subject, but we're going to save it for next week. So, anything else you want to get o- over before we call it good? No, don't think so. Yeah, all watch right. Gremlins too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, them, you know, hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, we did that. We need to do that real quick. I, I think this is another sweep, though. Gremlins 2 just fucking wins the whole thing. Yeah. Of course. Best movie, best music, best cinematography, best acting. Like, yeah. yeah. All the other ones are silly and goofy. And sadly, most valuable primate in creating Remlazar are, are funnier than almost heroes. And that's that's sad. But. Yep. All right. Rest in peace, Chris Farley. Ta-ta! Thank you for listening to The Jacob Wayne Show. If you would like to contact us, please write us at fakoshka at gmail.com. That is F-A-K-O-S-H-K-A at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Simply search The Jacob Wayne Show and it should pop right up. Make sure you like and subscribe and leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Please write us. It helps add content to the show and makes the show even better for you, the listener. Thanks for tuning in.